This is The Bottom Line, a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. On the show, you'll hear from leading Australian business owners as they share the lessons they've learned building their companies. You'll learn from their successes as well as some of the challenges they've faced along the way. We also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialised techniques you can use to improve your business. I'm your host, Savan Tuna, and I'm a director at Alexander Spencer, and I'm really passionate about helping Australian businesses succeed. Today, we're speaking with Eric Chong, the CEO of Business Growth and Exit Specialists. Eric has an enviable track record in helping Australian businesses create and execute exit plans. In today's episode, we discuss the importance of businesses to have an exit and succession strategy. You'll learn the different options business owners have when exiting a business, the main items you need to cover off on when creating an exit plan, and the most common mistakes business owners make when exiting their business. Let's jump in. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hi, Sevan. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, I'm quite excited to share some of our experience or expertise in our areas. I look forward to that. Now, before we get into it and dive into exit strategies and succession planning, you have an amazing resume, a very extensive resume. Can you please give us a brief professional background of yourself? I have quite an interesting professional career. I actually started with Deloitte which is the big four, you know, accounting and advisory firm in Sydney. And after that, I worked with large corporations in Sydney, like Jekyll Group Australia, Avis Australia. And being a general manager of 1.4 billion company in Australia, that is the Cycle Carriage Australia. We used to import Hyundai, Audi and Chrysler Jeep into Australia. So that's quite exciting. Interestingly, at that time, we actually had a lot of friends owning and running small, medium, such businesses. And I could really see the gap there in terms of expertise and knowledge to help them to grow and sustain as well as exit their business. So I decided to join CAD Partners CFO on call. That is the Australian and New Zealand based business advisory and financial control services. We had 60 partners at that time which is great. And after 10 years with them and become their joint CEO, I suddenly realized, look, really, to help SME, because they haven't got all the different expertise, you need to have quite a strategic and holistic approach, just like large corporations. That's why they are so successful. So I founded and formed Business Growth and Exit Specialist. We had seven partners in, in Sydney. And all we do day in, day out is work with businesses, you know, to grow, future-proof and exit their businesses. Yes, that's basically the background. I love to study. I think most of you got similar background at the beginning. I did my Bachelor of Economics from Sydney Uni. And then I did my IT. I did my MBA. And even now, you know, keep learning from everybody, including yourself and your businesses and find out what everybody's doing, what is the best practice, what else do we need to adopt to help our clients? Well, you answered my second question, which was, tell us a little bit about business growth and exit specialists. You are the CEO. So you talked about helping 
small to medium-sized businesses in some of this strategy. Do you want to give us a little bit more about that and how do you do that at Business Growth and Exit Specialists? That is actually quite an interesting area. What we have found in SME, you know, business strategies is actually not a common practice that they have adopted. Contrary to all the large organizations, every one of them have a clear business strategy, which really, if you most probably will agree with me, Savande, is a business roadmap in terms of where the business direction is going to be and what sort of objective they are aiming at and how are they going to get there. And that is quite an interesting thing. SME, the way we see it is that a lot of them, unfortunately, it is what it is, quite resource poor. So they only focus on certain areas, you know, like, oh, gee, I got cash flow issue. All right, let's get our accountant to have a look at it, which is good. But then what happened to the marketing? You know, what happened to your customer service? What happened to your fulfillment? So the way we have a look at it, is you need to do a top-down approach. So our approach, a strategic approach, of course, I think you'll be very happy to hear this. We, we need account and an accounting firm like yourself to basically come up with, show me the money part. So we actually do what we call financial roadmap. So we say, all right, if we adopt this new strategy and new business model, so you can be competitive and compete in the current market, how would it look like in terms of dollar and cents? Not only is it going to be profitable, and more importantly, how's the cash flow going to cope with whatever you're going to do? Now, we normally take six, seven scenario before we come up with the solution that will work in terms of profitability as well as the cash flow and come up with different problems there. So that's basically the way we help them. And of course, I think you and I would agree that any business it's not going to be a business unless they can sustain and future-proof their business because thing is so dynamic now. And if you want to exit your business, once again, you cannot exit your business unless you can future-proof your business. <laughs> that is exactly right. And, and that's our topic today. It's exiting and succession planning your business. And I want to mm-hmm. dive deep into that topic. A lot of small sure. business owners, as you said, forget that regardless of where they are in their journey, they just forget that at one point in time, that they're going to have to exit. There is an exit, whether it's to their children. They cannot take their business with them to the other side. So there is an exit they need to think about. So that's a topic today I really want to dive into. And before we get deep into that, what do we talk about? What do we mean when people like yourself, strategists, what do they mean when they say exit or succession planning? It's so interesting because different people actually mean differently. Like that's why... Before we do anything else, you know, having a look at the financial and anything like that, whether there would be any possibility to exit, we actually try to understand what do they really want. Okay, when they say exit, what do they mean? Is it partial exit? In other words, some of them say, look, I want to sell my business, but I still want to be involved in the next five years. Or is it basically what they say is I want to exit, but also want to maintain my legacy. In other words, I want the people who are going to take over will continue with my culture and the way we service our clients, for example. And thirdly, when they exit, some of them actually is family succession, right? It's not trying to get other people to take over the business. It's actually coming up with a plan. How can they let their family members to succeed what they are doing in the orderly and capable manner? So. 
that is an interesting question. And we need to find out exactly what they want. And based on that, we can explore all the next steps to move forward. So what are the reasons you think business owners do not put a lot of thought or time in creating an exit strategy? You did mention before some of these SMEs might be either time poor, cash poor, or resource poor. Is it just simple as that? Or do you feel that it's sophistication? What's the reason that business owners do not put a lot of thought into this? I think it's sophistication because a lot of business owners, you know, they've got certain passion in doing certain things. They just jump into it. Okay, let's get cracking. Let's, you know, make it work. And hopefully, you know, business will make money and lift them a good super when they retire from the business sales or business exit. A lot of the best practice is really when you form business, you should start thinking about your strategic exit. Like when you want to exit, you know, who will be your target market and what do you need to do to get the great value? But most business owners are not thinking like that. They focus on the operation. How can they grow their business, make more money and then scale their business? So I think there is a bit of a mindset gap there. They think totally different stages. Like in the first 10, 20 years, they don't think about it. All they think is, let's grow our business. Let's scale it. Let's make more money, right? Make it more valuable. Exit G, I don't know. That's too far. But, you know, I can't see it yet. And I don't have the time, no energy, no the expertise to think about it right at the moment. It's an interesting one. We have a saying, we do a lot of incorporations and helping clients set up their structures. And in the tax world, it's important to think about the exit strategy to ensure that you set up a structure that works in form of an exit. And it's funny, whenever I ask a client, I said, okay, it could be a new business, either bought or starting up. And I said, okay, how do you think you'll exit out of this business? Because it's important for me to understand, you know, will you bring in partners or whatever it is? And they look at me like, man, I'm just about to start. What are you talking about exit? (laughs) So it is quite funny. And we've come at that angle a little bit from a tax perspective, but it is quite interesting. But what are some of the options business owners have when exiting a business? You touched on a few. Can you just go through some of those options that they have and maybe just to elaborate a little bit on those? I think to start with, if their business revenue is greater than $5 million, their bottom line or their profit greater than half a million, there are a lot of specialists there that can help them. They are actually pretty good. But I think the challenge with smaller businesses, you know, less than $5 million turnover and profit less than half a million, you really need to think outside the box in terms of exiting your business. And selling it is pretty hard, pretty tough. There are so many different solutions that you need to come up with and strategize how you can exit. For example, could be through being acquired by another company. Could be selling it to overseas buyers who somehow interested in your business for whatever reason. And could be some of your employees would be interested and actually become owners and shareholders in your business. There are so many different things that you can do because if your revenue be less than that, most probably we are one of the best around because we got a totally tailored solution for them where you know it, I know it, Savan, you've got a lot of connection there. If their business is good profit and good sales uh, revenue, there are a lot of expertise out there. Of course we can do them. But what differentiates us is for smaller businesses, we actually got all the different solutions that actually will work. Rather than the common concept is either you can sell your business or you have to close shop. What we are saying is that is absolutely not correct. If you know what you do, 
you can get some value one way or another by thinking it through, give yourself a bit of time to come up with an exit strategy. Obviously, you've done hundreds, maybe even thousands of these exit strategic plans and so on. Can you sort of take us through the journey that you take clients through when you go through that? So if a client wanted to reach out to you and say, Eric, loved you on the show, I want to go through or maybe process with you. Can you go through sort of at a high level what that process looks like and what you take the client through in that exit strategy meeting? The first thing I'll approach there is very different is we really need to understand what the client wants and what do they mean by exit, as I've explained to you before. By understanding what they want, then we can say, all right, let's have a look what are the possible solutions. But first and foremost, let's establish what is a reasonable business value. Now, you know, Zevan, you know <laughs> it very well. The sad thing is, most business owners think their baby is so beautiful, right? <laughs> it's the best and it's worth a lot of money. You know? We're actually using business valuation methodology. I don't want to go into too deep in this area. That is accepted by bankers and accounting professions. So we, of course, normalized the profit in the last three years. And of course, one thing differentiate us is we actually got 80 questions focused on what we call risk and value driver analysis. Different area of business, based on that, you actually come up with a multiplier, which is affected by the free cash flow of the business as well. So that is a good starting point because on average, I would say that a lot of business owners, when they came to us, their expectation of their business value is always highly inflated. Right? <laughs> when I give them the information after normalizing and using that methodology, they say, well, right? So how can I retire? I said, well, you still can if you give yourself a bit of time, because what happened is we know exactly what are the key areas that will drive and improve their business value. So if we work with them for three years, we should be able to triple their business value. But once we get the valuation, we basically come up with a business exit strategy to say, okay, our concept is we are talking about strategic bias, especially for companies that cannot be helped by well-established sales organization. What we are saying is, let's think it through. Who would be happy to either buy your share or acquire your business because they got strategic intent? In other words, we'll align to whatever they want. They're actually specifically looking for your business. Not somebody say, well, you know, I'm sick and tired of working. Well, I'll buy any business out there anyway. I don't care. Right? <laughs> you know, and as long as my money is fine. No, these people actually say, I want this type of business because it's aligned with our growth strategy. As a result, we are willing to give them more money. And those are the type of process we work through to say, all right, who are they? And based on that if we want to increase the business value, what area we should focus on because those are the area the buyer will value the most. So our approach as a strategy is actually very, very different from very good sales organization. Basically say, well, you've got a valuable business. We've got a process. We can sell it for you. What we are saying is that this is your business value. If you want to improve it, let's work on it for the next three years. And then we actually get involved in the next stage. Most of it's quite common. Virtually all the good sales, uh, business sales organization do that. We will prepare information memorandum. Now, the interesting thing about our information memorandum is a bit different. So 
our organization do a lot of things very differently because of our mindset and our approach. A lot of the information memorandum, you know, obviously financial information, business background, competition, customer, whether you're going to IP and all that. But one thing that we actually focus on is what is the business strategy to grow and sustain the business? Because the way we see it, what is valuable to them is that business can sustain and grow and they already got a plan. Because these people are running the businesses. They are close to the businesses. They should know what will work. If you have that, obviously it will increase the business value. People will say, well, looks like everything's been thought of and I have a look at their sustainable and growth strategy, happy with them. And as a result, I think, you know, it's good to invest because you'll get your money back. Now I'm investing this amount. I don't know how it's going to happen with all the challenges. And next year, the whole business just gone down the drain. Right? <laughs> and the next part, I think a lot of the most of we do the same thing. We are quite happy to do the marketing for them. But our approach is actually quite targeted. A lot of really good business sales organization and brokers, uh, they actually broadcast it to the database. I got to admit, they got pretty good database. But the way we do it is everything we do is very targeted. We say, okay, who are the people we want to communicate? We are not going to send to everybody, right, in our database. We select few, we actually communicate with them, and then we get expression of interest. Now, a lot of them say the more the merrier. We actually say the contrary. The more, the more headache. What we are saying, let's target on, you know, if we can get three to five interested parties, and of course they will you know, have a chat and then we help with the due diligence process. And eventually we have our in-house lawyers as well to go through the sales document. The different way in-house lawyers, they know what will work, what will not work. I'm not saying anything in the legal profession, but a lot of them don't understand. They, they come up with all these clauses, basically will not work. Like, and then towing and throwing, spend so much money and getting nowhere. What we are saying is, Let's be real pragmatic, get a lawyers that are dealing with this, know what will work, what will not work, and get it done. And then the last part that we do is negotiate for that. When they do a due diligence, without doubt, there are areas need to be negotiated. You know, Sevan, you know it, I know it. They will say, why is that? Why is that? Gee, this one there, I don't think it's worth that much. That one there, or <laughs> the valuation is wrong, et cetera, et cetera. So our ability to talk to them in business center say, okay, let's discuss the whole thing pragmatically if you are serious about it. And let's come up with a value that will be acceptable for both parties. And of course, anybody can nitpick and negotiate and say, all right, it's actually the business worth much less. But with our experience, don't forget we are management consultant. We say, well, you know, your point there to a certain extent is correct, but it's not 100% correct because of A, B, and C. So if you want to query that and want to negotiate that, we believe this is a fair way to negotiate. That is where we are very, very different with sales organization because of our expertise in building, future-proofing, and excellent businesses. When we negotiate with them, we talk in business and just like your organization, you know exactly what you're talking about, right? Because you've got expertise in certain areas. So we are the same. I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. I thought this was really interesting. You start with a valuation and as we all know, clients 
some of them and more than some actually <laughs> overvalue their business. But what really is interesting with that model and whether you're going to exit in 10, 20, 30 years or you might not even be thinking about exit, what I liked about maybe doing a valuation at the front end is you actually are talking to the client about their business and the drivers that drive their valuation. And what I liked about that was you can actually then map out a growth and strategic plan of how the business is going to be built and grown, making sure that the valuation methodology that's been specifically adopted to that business, they're the drivers that we're moving. And if part of their strategy is to get the maximum value by doing a valuation early on, it gives the business owner a bit of an understanding of the drivers of value. So I thought that's an amazing thing. I think if any businesses listening today don't even may not have exit in their sort of short-term future, not only having an exit plan, but evaluation as part of your strategy is the first thing is really, really good. So that really stuck yes. out to me. So that's fantastic. I just want to make a comment there. Absolutely. That is brilliant deduction of what we have discussed. Because if you have a look at that, especially in professional firm, one of the questions when you want to get a new partner is how much the business work? With this methodology is a fair way to say, all right, this is you know, how much it's worth. And the other thing, quite interestingly, which is relevant to your organization as well, you actually can measure your contribution in terms of improving your business. So what we do, we say, okay, when we started, we value the business is X dollars. After we're working with you for one year, let's do another valuation. Right? Obviously, we go through the same question. We've got a new financial, uh, got a different way, and see what is the improvement in business value. Because a lot of people, when they have looked at business improvement, is purely profit and the balance sheet. But they forgot that there is something else called business value that you can actually measure it differently through the methodology that I've mentioned. So you can say, look, after working for one year or two years, your business value has increased from 250000 to 400000 Is it wonderful? We are moving in the right direction. What else do we need to do so it can be 600000 Then if you think about it, if you want to exit, not only us can help you, there are so many other organizations out there that can help you because those are their domain, you know, like your profit of, especially one million plus, all the reputable big sales broker and all that, they are really good. But unless you get there, really there are limited people who can help you. Besides us, not that many people who can think of a good way to make it work. I just wanted to touch on the next part was about mistakes. So what are the common mistakes business owners make when setting up their business, which has a negative impact on an exit plan? Now, you might say, oh, geez, I've seen so many business that all make the same mistakes that always has the worst thing for valuation or an exit. What are those mistakes? There are several. In fact, actually too many. Let's focus on some of the most common. Yes. Okay. Number one. The reality is actually falling into your domain, your, your, your services. A lot of them, their business structure is not right. You know, they lump everything under one company. So if they want to exit, some of the strategy we have is actually spin off different part of the business, right, the division, so they can exit. But guess what? If you have the whole thing under one company and you don't have a reporting for different division or set them up as separate companies, it's not so conducive to meaningful exit. 
So that's why I always say, you know, if you start at the beginning, right, talk to your accountant, your, your tax advisor, actually can make a lot of difference, not only in terms of the ability to exit, you know, obviously at the end, how much money can you retain in the pocket? Because if you plan it well, give yourself time, structure it right, actually less costly in all the different areas. So I think that's one of the main reasons. The other thing is that if I want to exit, there's only two options. Either I close my business, which I don't want to, or I go to people sell it, which once again, all I'm saying is absolutely wrong. You can exit your business based on all the different ways. And once again, one thing is succession plan, but once again, you've got to have a look, is it going to be family succession or basically management succession? Family succession, you've got to be realistic. It doesn't mean your son or daughter will take over because they say, oh, mom and dad working like crazy, not much <laughs> money in there, and, and you know, no life at all. I don't want to do anything. But it's only like that because they don't run their business correctly. If you want to exit your business virtually, you know, it's going to be a turnkey solution to your buyer. It's systemized, got a steady people, got a good marketing going, regular leads and all that. So that is the other common mistake. You know, either I have to sell it or basically close shop. And uh, I think the other thing that they got it wrong is that I only need to have a look at it when I'm ready. Zevan, you know it, I know it. In this world, anything can happen to us. You and me look pretty healthy and then smiling. <laughs> Who knows? You know, you, you could be sick and it could be an accident. It could be anything. If you don't start planning, you know, your exit, when your health affecting you and there is an accident and all that, you're actually in a big trouble because you're not ready to exit. So a lot of our work is getting business exit ready as soon as practicable. The next thing I wanted to talk about, we see this a little bit in our business where if you remove the owner from the business, sometimes the business falls apart. And normally that doesn't have a value. So if the value is in the owner, it could be a cafe, it could be an accounting firm, it could be any business, but some businesses... And the way that owners have set them up is they're so involved in the day-to-day of the business that if they're removed or they have such relationships with so many key sales clients that if they're removed, the business stops. Is that a problem that you see in a lot of businesses and how do you solve that? 100%. Majority of company less than 5 million and profit and half a million. In fact, that's one of the major problems. That's why I said they got to take a bit of time to get into saleable condition. The answer is not that difficult if they can get the proper help. Not only talking with a business owner, we are talking about the team members. Just like when you want to acquire any business, when you buy it and everybody left, what the hell are you going to do? <laughs> like, right now, it's hard to recruit people, right? If you say, I'm going to buy the business, but when I buy, everybody says, see you later. You don't have any business. You lose the expertise and the experience for people to help you to run the business. So we are not only talking about the business owner, obviously, retention, the ability to retain the key members, which is human resources thing that we work with virtually all businesses to make sure that most of the key people will stay. So... If you have a look at that, if you want to systemize your business, the best way is leverage on technology. Just one example, something that close out to our heart that we understand. If you use an accounting system in itself, systemize your transaction recording, your bookkeeping, and your financial reporting. It's got a system business. The same thing. If your 
all the food and all that electronically through the system. Once again, you got to process how do you put up your menu, how can they order, and then you can process the ordering. The same thing if you're in credit services, you're deploying field automation and combined with CRM. The leads come in, you know how to communicate to them, you know how to allocate your resources and appointment and basically flow into the accounting system. You can analyze your profitability. So you definitely got no option but leverage on technology to systemize your business. So in a way, there is certain inherent policy and procedures through the system and processes that make your business run. That is very important. And the other thing is branding. The business cannot be you. He like said, well, PGS is Eric. What happened when I retire? Eric is gone. Right? <laughs> There's no business. So if you have a look, business growth and exit, especially because seven partners, is the brand, what we do as a team. Not it's Eric. Eric disappeared, then there is no business. So they got to build a brand. Okay, why do you go to that coffee shop? For example, that coffee shop, they use certain bean and they promote certain way of serving you and there is a certain menu that you can order easily or whatever, and then the quality is consistent. That's why you go there, just like McDonald's. McDonald's doesn't exist because of the people, because of the brand. You go anywhere, the food is similar taste, the place is clean, and facility is there, etc., etc. So they got to think that way. It doesn't mean you got to be that big to make it happen. Nowadays, when you would know, one thing that we are good at is knowing all the different application or technology that's suitable for SME, they can leave it on to run their business. You cannot use just in the head, pen and paper. It's not going to cut it. The next part I wanted to get a bit of a case study from you. So you've been involved in many exit plans and helped a lot of clients that have taken through that journey. Without giving away client names, can you tell us a story of a client that you've taken from start to finish and just tell us this exceptional result you got for this particular client without sharing privileged information. Can you just talk through an example so the listeners can sort of get a bit of an idea of a real life example of a success story? Yeah, happy to do so. One thing that we are also very good is trade services. As you know, trade services is quite challenging when we are small size. You know, basically a lot of them hasn't got the brand and hasn't got that much system in place. So in this particular case, we had a trade services company, got the business owner and got other 60 members and got several contractors. So the owner is actually, believe it or not, in the early 50, but he said, look, you know, my body has had it. Like I've been doing it here. It's a hard year. I want to exit my business. I talked to business brokers. They said, uh-uh, your <laughs> revenue is only 1.6 million. Your profit is only $300,000. We can't help you. It's not our domain. So he approached us to say, have you got any solution? Because basically he said, like, you know, he's talking to some of other, you know, trade services people he know. They said, well, you know, we are not into that space of acquiring your business. We are struggling on our own <laughs> and kind of scale. <laughs> We're not paying money to absorb your business. I said, yeah, that's fine. So we actually goes through in terms of what he actually wants. It's just quite interesting. He said, all I want is, I basically want to most probably work another three years in the business and get some money out of the business. 
Otherwise, if I can't, I don't mind to shut the whole business down because physically I can do it. Those three years that I've got left, I want more to be off the two with my experience on to help them to run the business, not physically doing my trade because my body have had it. I said, okay, it's all right. I understand that, not a problem. I said, have you got any idea in terms of dollar and cent how much the business worth? But the good thing was, is that the broker told me doesn't want anything. I said, oh, this good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect anything. Like, you know, yeah. whatever that I can get, I would really appreciate it. I said, Jay, that, that's really good. Most of you will say, well, my business is really good, but this my third one. The only way is up from zero, so it's easy. Not easy, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So it's very really unusual, the expectation actually being adjusted by talking to business brokers, which I really appreciate. It helped us quite a bit. So when I said, okay, let's have a look. Let's establish SAs. What is your business value? So we can say, all right, if there's the business value, it's a good starting point. And then how are we going to move forward to find a buyer for you and then try to improve them with whatever time that you have got left? So we do the business value analysis and all that. We work out the multiplier actually very little because it's not that systemized. The people are coming and going. The good thing though, that the client base is actually quite varies. In other words, no high concentration. So in other words, if they lose one or two clients, doesn't affect their revenue that much. And they've been around, looks like, we have to look at the social media rating and all that. A recent recruit was like, not the best, but like 3.8, which is not bad, 3.8 out of 5. So we got something to work on. So we have to look at that. And then we actually came up with a realistic business value to say, okay, really, based on all that, uh, I think realistic business value, if you want to sell it now, is most probably 250000 if you cannot find a buyer. The problem is nobody want to help you. Not that many people want to buy your business. So I said, okay, why don't we work on two things? One, improve your thing there. Why don't we work out who will be your strategic buyer? So what we do is we actually have our own client. They're ready to expand in their trade services. It's different trade services, but they said, we don't mind to acquire business as a new division because we need that trade anyway. We normally outsource them. It costs us money. So, well, that's good. You potentially got a strategic buyer. In this case, is in fact one of our clients. So rather than try to find so many different people there, we just talk to that particular client. Okay, let's come up with a game plan. How can you actually absorb this business, give the business owner a reasonable amount? And then at the same time, it's perfect for you because that business owner can help you to run the business in the next three years. And of course, there is certain salary that can be paid. So it actually took us another nine months to actually make it work. So it's a strategic exit. They actually paid him around $300,000. And then we actually gave him three years contract agreement that were $150,000 a year for him to run the business and help to systemize the business. The good thing with the buyer is obviously they got the business run and humming. So for them to implement systemization in this new trade division is not difficult. So that is one example. Everybody's happy and it actually happened and we actually sold it to our client and solved their problem for growing by acquisition. And we also deal a lot with accounting firm and legal firm and all that. Basically, you know, if you've got opportunity, we actually talk to them direct. In this case, if you can start to understand the way we work, why so effective for our client in terms of time and money, we are actually quite focused. 
we don't go around and try to find many of them and talking with them. Like to me, if you got one good serious buyer, as good as go. You don't have to talk to two, three, four, five, so they can compete with each other and all that. Think about it. How much money has your client got you know, to engage you to do all this? Not only talk to them, screening them, and then you know, organize them with due diligence and lengthy process. That's not the way we do it. But sometimes, of course, take longer. And sometimes we actually work with sales brokers because of certain expertise that we can work together. So we are not necessarily working alone. In the example, what I'm saying is if you're small, it doesn't mean you cannot exit and you just need to find a different way to exit your business and leave each on contacts and know-how and what will actually work in the real world. Thank you so much. That's a great story and an excellent outcome for the client there. Eric, unfortunately, we run out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I wish you and the team at Business Growth and Exit Specialists all the best in helping their clients grow and successfully excelling their businesses. So I really enjoyed the chat. And for those that have not thought about exit, I think it's important <laughs> to do so. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ivan. Thanks for having me once again and have a great day. This is The Bottom Line, a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. This podcast was produced by accountancy firm Alexander Spencer. At Alexander Spencer, we've been helping business owners realise their goals since 1952, and we play a pivotal role in developing, implementing, and supervising the business goals and strategies of our clients. To find out how we can help your business succeed, head to our website, alexanderspencer.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of The Bottom Line, be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find the show. I'm Savan Tuna, and we'll be back next episode with more tips to help you transform your business. And that's The Bottom Line.